I presume all of you have accepted Krishna consciousness very, very sincerely. Yes? How many of you are chant? How many of you are initiated already? Okay. And how many of you are chanting 16 rounds? Very good. Very good. <coughs> and if I ask you some questions, will you mind? Why do you chant Hare Krishna? Any answer? Why do you chant? Okay, there's a little hand went up at the back. <laughs> Let me see. Connect to the Lord. Huh? Can I? Repeat. Yeah, go ahead. Connect to the Lord. To be connected to the Lord. Wonderful. So who is the Lord? Lord Krishna. Okay, why is the Lord? Lord Krishna. Why, why is he the Lord? Uh, yeah, very good. Uh, he's the Lord means he's the supreme because he's the supreme creator. Yes, very good. Uh, you know so much. So, uh, this world where we live, has it been created at some point? Your name is? Radhika, wonderful. So Radhika, did any did anyone create this world? Lord Krishna and Lord Brahma. Okay. <laughs> so you took it for granted that somebody did create it and he is Krishna. And is someone maintaining this world? Everything in this world? Okay, who is that doing? Who is doing that? Who is doing that? Krishna. Okay. <laughs> so, maintaining, what does maintain mean? Like, say, for example, huh? like everything that exists needs certain condition to be maintained, isn't it? Like, <clears throat> in order to maintain our body, do we need something? Radhika? Huh? Now Radhika is feeling shy. <laughs> okay, then let us go to Lal Lalita, from Radhika to Lalita. Lalita, uh, do we need something to be maintained? Like, for example, uh, do we need food to eat? Yes. If there was no food, then what would happen? We would die. We would die. <laughs> do we need water to drink? If there was no water, what would happen? We would die. <laughs> if there was no oxygen, what would happen? We would die. <laughs> okay. Now, who is supplying all the food? Krishna. Krishna. Who is supplying all the water? Krishna. Who is supplying all the oxygen? Krishna. Tell me how. <laughs> he controls 
So, you know, for example, like, where's the food coming from? Earth. Very good. Huh? How does the food come from Earth? Like, think of any food. Like, okay, fine, say bread. Right? Bread. Now, where did the bread come from? Wheat. Huh? Where did the wheat come from? From the plants. Did you see wheat plants? You didn't. <laughs> like, did you see how the wheat plant grows? Tell me how. Some seeds were planted in the ground. And what happened from the seed? A tree came out, and in the tree there are weeds. Now, how did, how could that happen? Just a small little grain fell on the ground, and a wheat plant came out. Or just a seed of apple fell on the ground, and an apple tree came out. And in the apple tree there were apples. Right? So, how did these things happen? How could just one seed fell and a tree came out? And then in the tree there are so many fruits. In the fruits there are seeds. In those seeds there are trees. Trees. <laughs> in the trees, there are fruits. In the fruits, there are seeds. In the seeds, there are trees. In the trees, there are fruits. Right? Now, who could make that arrangement? Can anybody make such an arrangement? <coughs> like, huh? can we, what to speak of a seed? Can we plant this harmonium? <laughs> in the ground and can you get a tree out of it? And in the tree there will be many harmoniums. <laughs> so that is how wonderfully Krishna is maintaining everything. So, <clears throat> you know, when we think about it like the water that we are drinking, did you consider uh, how the water comes? How do we get this water? The water that we are drinking, where does that water come from? Uh, okay, let's consider, say, avian water, avian water, <laughs> right? Where does it come from? It comes from France. And, <laughs> and where is, how, how does the water come from? In that region, there is a fountain. And the water is coming. Right? Now that water that is coming out of the fountain, it's actually, there is an underground river. And from that river, the water is coming. So there are so many rivers. Where do they get the water from? Huh? The river gets the water from the rain. 
Like where do the rains come from? The cloud. Where does the cloud come from? Ocean. Can you drink ocean water? Did you ever try drinking it? (laughs) So, the water is come. That ocean water we cannot drink. But what is happening? How many of you have done distillation of water? Very good. Radhika has done it. (laughs) Kamalata has done it. I'm sure all of you have done. Okay, Kamalata, can you describe the process of distillation? It's it's evaporation. You boil the water. You boil the water. Then what happens due to the boiling? The The water becomes vapor. Right? Steam. Then the steam is passed through a tube that is cooled down. And when the steam cools down, what happens? It condenses into water. And isn't that distilled water means? Pure water. Like ocean water is full of salt and minerals. But when the water is evaporated from the ocean by the rays of the sun, the water goes up and forms the cloud. And then the cloud condenses, comes down in the form of raindrops. So, it's, isn't it a massive process of distillation of water? So, who made this arrangement? Okay. So, this is how wonderfully Krishna is supplying all the water for us. Okay, another thing that we needed, I thought, to maintain ourselves, what is that? Oxygen, Oxygen that we breathe. So we breathe oxygen. Now where does the oxygen, and what happens when you breathe oxygen? Okay, Archana is responding. <coughs> Archana? So, when we take oxygen, we release carbon dioxide. Yes, we inhale oxygen and give out carbon dioxide. So, if such a process would go on, then what would automatically happen? The whole atmosphere would become filled with carbon dioxide. Now, did it ever happen? Now the whole atmosphere would have been filled with carbon dioxide. Did it happen? Why not? Very good. Uh, the plants take carbon dioxide. Uh, how many of you know that? What do the other plants living? Yes. yes. They also live like us. Uh, in order to live, we need oxygen. 
The trees and plants need what? Carbon dioxide. And they take carbon dioxide and what do they give out? Oxygen. Now is it happening just by chance? Or did somebody make that arrangement? Who made that arrangement? Krishna. So this is how Krishna is maintaining everyone. Krishna is maintaining us, Krishna is maintaining all the animals, Krishna is maintaining all the birds, all the insects, reptiles, all the trees and plants. So creation is, of course, very important, but maintaining is even more important. If Krishna created but did not maintain, then could we survive? No. So in this way, when we think, we can see how wonderful Krishna is. And <clears throat> how wonderfully Krishna is maintaining us, sustaining us. So when Krishna is doing so much for us, should we be grateful to Krishna? Should we be thankful to Krishna? Yes. So chanting his holy name is actually an expression of our gratitude to Krishna. When we chant, we are actually with the if chanting, we are expressing our gratitude to Krishna. Krishna, you are so kind. Krishna, you are so merciful. Generally, people pray. Sometimes they pray to get something. And sometimes people pray for what they already got. Isn't it? Sometimes we pray, Oh God, give me my daily bread. Right? That's good. That's also nice. But isn't it better to pray that, Oh Krishna, thank you so much for all that you have already given us. So that is the real expression of gratitude. Like for example, consider, like uh, say, let's all consider ourselves when we are little children. Then didn't we ask from our parents, give me this, give me that. And sometimes then the parents get upset. Why do you want that? Right? But when we told our parents that daddy, daddy, it's so nice that what you gave it to me. I'm so happy that you gave it to me. Will the father be unhappy at that time? He'll be so pleased. So similarly, it is always better to pray to Krishna for all that he has given us. Like, uh, nice prayers have been offered. Do you remember, how many of you remember Kunti Devi? Uh, so all of you know Kunti Devi. Kunti Devi is uh, praying to Krishna. Do you all remember Kunti Devi's prayers to Krishna? 
What was Kunti Devi praying? Kunti Devi was praying to Krishna for all the wonderful things that he has done for him. Like he is saying, you protected us from poison. Like Bhima was as a child, he was given poison. And when one drinks poison, then what happens? One dies. But do you remember what happened to Bhima? Did Bhima die due to that poison? That was the most deadly poison called Kalkut. Very, very powerful poison. Yes, Bhima became unconscious. He didn't die, but he became unconscious. And his enemy, Durjadhan and his brothers, they tied him up by hands and feet and threw him in the river. Then what happened to Bhima? He was unconscious, he was drowning and drowning and carried away by the stream. Where did Bhima end up? He went out to Patalaloka. Uh, the Pataluloka is the region where the snakes live. Uh, and some snakes were playing and Bhima fell on them. So when you step onto a snake, what happens? Or when you hurt a snake? The snakes got upset and they started to bite Bhima. So Bhima was given the poison of the king cobra. And these snakes started to bite. You know an uh, expression <coughs> called antidote? Uh, when, somebody, when, so, when somebody gets bitten by a snake, do you know what is the remedy for that? Same snake poison. So Bhima was given poison, but the snake started to bite him. And as a result of that, what happened? The poisonous effect of the snake bite, I mean poisonous effect of the poison uh, that was given to Bhima became nullified. So Bhima came back to his senses. Hmm. Bhima then came back to his senses and Bhima got upset. He didn't at all like this, but the snakes were biting him. So what did Bhima do? He was so angry that he snapped his ropes that were tying him. And he started to beat the snakes. He killed so many snakes. Even as a child, Bhima was so powerful. And the news went to the king of the snakes. How many of you remember the name of the king of the snakes? Uh, Basuki, Nagraj, the king of the snakes. And <clears throat> then Basuki found out what actually happened. Uh, so he went to see with his minister and he recognized Bhima as his grandson. In some way, uh, Basuki had some relationship with Bhima's mother. 
their family. So he was happy to see him and he gave him nectar to drink. And as a result of all that what happened, Bhima became even more powerful. Even as a, as a child, he had the strength of 10,000 elephants. So see, they tried, Bhima's enemies tried to kill Bhima. But by Krishna's mercy, what happened? Bhima became even more powerful. So, Vishan <clears throat> Mahagne, another thing Kunti Devi is saying, from great fire, you save us. You see, Durjadhan became so envious that they decided to kill the Pandavas along with Kunti Devi. And they arranged a house made of shellac. You know what shellac is? Shellac is actually resin. Do you see nowadays things are made out of fiberglass? So that house was actually made of fiberglass. Fiberglass house. Beautiful. Beautifully built house, but it was made of fiberglass. Raisin. And raisin is inflammable. Just little fire, it'll start to burn. And what happened? Bhima, Yudhishthira uh, uh, Maharaj was warned by Vidura. Vidura knew what was happening. So he warned them that this was going to happen. The, there was a plot to kill them. <coughs> but could they kill them? No. With the help of Vidura, they dig a tunnel out of the place and the house was set on fire and they escaped. So then they went to the forest uh, and there they were terrible rakshashas, man-eating rakshashas. But what did Bhima do? Like there was this rakshasa was Hirimba, Hirimba, the brother. And the, he had a sister called Hirimba. So <coughs> The Rakshashas eat human beings and they get the smell of the human being. And their smell of human beings is something like when something very tasty food is being cooked in the kitchen, how does it smell to you? Don't you feel excited? <laughs> so the Rakshashas became very excited. Oh, we get the smell of human beings, smelling so good. (laughs) So today, tonight, we'll have a feast. (laughs) And the Rakshasas are very powerful compared to the human beings. So Hirimba sent his sister, go, (coughs) kill these people and bring them to me. But when Hirimba, at that time, Bhima was guarding everybody. Everyone fell asleep. They all were tired. So in the forest, 
they escaped the fire, but they came into the forest. But in the forest there were these man-eating Rakshasas. So Bhima was guarding them. He, were, he didn't fall asleep, he was awake. And when this Rakshashi lady, Hirimba, <laughs> saw Bhima, such a powerful, handsome young man, she fell in love with him. <coughs> so, <clears throat> she proposed, will you please marry me? <laughs> the Rakshashis can assume beautiful forms. Do you remember Putana Rakshashi? What did Putana do? Putana went to kill Krishna, but how did she go there? In the guise of an extremely beautiful woman. So Hirimba also assumed that beautiful form and approached Bhima. And so he, her brother became upset. So while she was proposing, he was upset that it's taking so long. He was, mouth was salivating. <laughs> and now <coughs> it's taking so long. <coughs> So when he came and saw a romance going on <laughs> between his sister and Bhima, so he became upset and attacked Bhima. Now Bhima was not an ordinary person, so what did Bhima do? Got into the fight, Bhima killed him. So now how is all the, how are all these things possible? Okay, we can consider another anecdote. Prahlad Maharaj. Who wanted to kill Prahlad? His own father. And his father was the king of Daitas. Daitas are also very powerful. They are like uh, practically in the equal level as the demigods. So powerful. And he is the king of all the Daitas. And he wanted to kill Prahlad, his own son. In so many ways he tried. Could he kill Prahlad? No. Why not? Because Krishna was protecting him. So in this way we can see that those who take shelter of Krishna, Krishna always maintains them, Krishna always protects them. And even those who do not surrender to Krishna, Krishna protects them. So that is the wonderful result of surrendering to Krishna. Therefore, isn't it an intelligent thing to do, to surrender to Krishna? Therefore, it says in the scriptures, those who surrender to Krishna, they are very intelligent. One who surrenders to Krishna, one who renders devotional service to Krishna, he is very, very intelligent. He and she are very, very intelligent. So, most intelligent thing is to surrender to Krishna and the way you express that is by 
glorifying him. Chanting his holy name means glorifying him. Like as I was telling at the beginning, like prayer can have two purposes. One purpose of the prayer is to ask for something. And the other purpose of the prayer is to express one's gratitude for what one has already received. Like you can go to somebody and ask him, can you please give me this? Can you please give me this? And the other way is, I'm so thankful to you for what you have given me. So more intelligent thing or better still is to express our gratitude to Krishna for all that he has done. And that comes in the form of expressing Krishna's glory. Krishna, you are so wonderful. When we chant this Hare Krishna Mahamantra, what do we mean? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This Hare, Hare, Actually, these are names of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Sixteen names of Krishna in vocation. Vocation means addressing. Just as we say, oh, uh, Govinda or uh, whatever uh, we address him oh by the name oh Radhika what's her name Rad Radhika yeah so like we when your mother when your mother calls you how does she call you Radhika Radhika yeah <laughs> so that is called vocative calling out address. Actually, Sanskrit is a very, very structured language, beautiful language. It has seven declensions. Like, and the last one is vocation. Oh, the person's name. It is like the person, to the person, by the person, to the person, from the person, of the person and then the person by vocation, vocative, calling out. So this is how there are seven declensions. So <coughs> we are at the, uh, these names of Krishna are being addressed. Now this uh, the structure actually changes. Like, one name of Krishna is Hari, right? So in vocative, Hari will be Hare. <coughs> Another huh, name is Hara, that is the name of Srimati Radharani. And in vocative also, Hare. Hmm. 
So, <clears throat> so this is how there are uh, at this Hare uh, can mean Hari or Hare can also mean Hara. To us, this Hara is Shrimati Radharani. This Hare we are calling Shrimati <coughs> And Krishna. Krishna means the Supreme Personality of Godhead in His all attractive feature. Of all the names of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna is the best. This name Krishna is the best because this name indicates Krishna's, the Supreme Personality of Godhead's all attractive aspect. Krishna. Krish means to to attract. You know, like Sanskrit is, as I said, it's such a beautiful language, so meaningful language. You know the expression krishi, krishi, krishi means agriculture, cultivation. Ah. Krishi. This word Krishi actually comes from uh, Krish also, which means to attract. Now, have you seen how <coughs> how they cultivate, how the cultivation is done? Have you seen? Uh, like what do they do? Nowadays you see tractors, but early days it was bulls. And there used to be a plow. Now what was the plow doing? Plow was being pulled. And it is actually tilling the land. Right? Turning the land. So that is called Korshan. Krishi, Korshan, they all are coming from the root word Krish. And so the process of pulling, attracting is Korshan. But attractive is Krishna. The word attractive is Krishna. So Krishna is all attractive, meaning Krishna is pulling everybody towards him. Those who know him, they become attracted to him. Now we can consider what generally attracts us. Generally what attracts us? Beauty, very good. Beauty attracts us. Anything else? Money. Money, wealth. <laughs> I thought that would be the first one. <laughs> then another one? Power, strength. Another one? Fame. Another one? 
knowledge. Another one? Renunciation. So these six are actually the features of attraction. Beauty, wealth, strength, fame, knowledge, and renunciation. <clears throat> now all these six qualities Krishna has to the fullest extent. Who is most beautiful? Krishna. So those who are attracted to by attracted by beauty, won't they naturally become attracted to Krishna? Uh, because Krishna is most beautiful. Those who are attracted to wealth, who is most wealthy? Krishna, because he has all the wealth. Those who are attracted to strength, power, who they will be attracted to? Krishna. Have you seen Krishna's strength? Krishna's strength, when Krishna performed his pastimes, he displayed his strength. Like all these demons came to kill him. Like there was a very powerful demon called Keshi. And he assumed the form of a, of a horse. And it's so big that it was its head was touching the sky. With every step that it was taking, it was creating earthquake. Such a powerful demon came to kill Krishna. And when he attacked, what Krishna did? It kicked Krishna, but Krishna caught it by its leg, hind leg, and threw him. You know how far it went to? Twelve Jojana, twelve into four multiplied by four. No, I'm sorry, eight. Two miles to a crosh. And four, yeah, eight, eight multiplied by twelve. No, ninety-six miles away. <laughs> and he fainted. But this demon got up again and attacked Krishna. At that time, Krishna was just a little boy. And finally, what Krishna did, it came to swallow Krishna up. And what did Krishna do? Krishna just punched him with his left hand. It came to swallow Krishna and Krishna's hand just went into his mouth. And Krishna's hand became so big that demon was big but Krishna was even bigger. So his hand choked his throat and he started to writhe in pain. And Krishna started to give out eminent fire from his. And it was... Then Krishna caught him by his leg and started to swing him over his head. And Krishna let it go finally. And it went flying for 12 miles and landed from Vrindavan to Mathura. And by the time his whole body became completely out of shape. 
So, and that body fell in front of Kamsa. So Kamsa at first couldn't understand what it was, what <laughs> fell from the sky. <laughs> and Kamsa then recognized that it was the body of his friend, Keshi. So seeing what happened to Keshi, Kamsa became so afraid that his hair stood up. <laughs> and he started to tremble with fear. Couldn't contrast. Although such a powerful king, Kamsa, but he was, he started to tremble with fear. So this is how powerful Krishna is. Now, does this actually show Krishna's power, original power? No. These are just Krishna's pastimes, so that we can appreciate his strength. But can you imagine what Krishna's strength is? All these innumerable universes are floating in space just by Krishna's will. They're floating in space. Huge universes. Cannot even imagine how heavy they are. But how they're floating? Like Krishna said, Krishna just desired it. That is how powerful Krishna is. Krishna looks at this material nature which is normally in a state of it is in a state of unmanifest. Material nature was, nothing was there. All the elements was there of the material nature, Mahatattva. The element, basic element of material creation was there. But it was in an unmanifest state. But Mahavishnu glanced towards the material nature and the material nature became manifest in such a beautiful way. And that is how powerful Krishna is. Krishna's fame, consider Krishna, who is the most famous personality. So many people came and gone. Do we remember them? Some of us, some of them we remember from the recent past. In the history of the Vedic history in Mahabharata, we get to know so many personalities. But among all these personalities, who is the most famous? Krishna. Who is the most wise? Krishna. And in spite of having everything, in spite of owning everything, in spite of possessing everything, he is totally unconcerned. He is not at all attached to anything. So these are the six attractive features of Krishna. Therefore Krishna is Krishna. He is all attractive. No one is as attractive as he is. The word, the name Rama can also mean, one can naturally mean Lord Ramchandra. Another can be Balaram and another name Rama means Krishna himself. Another name of Krishna is Rama. Ramate iti Rama. Because Krishna is the supreme enjoyer, therefore he is Rama. 
So these 16 names are actually repetition of these three names, which is indicating, addressing Hare Krishna, addressing Srimati Radharani as Hare Krishna, all attractive personality of Godhead, Krishna, and the supreme enjoyer, supreme personality of Godhead is Rama. So this is how this Hare Krishna Mahamantra is indicating Krishna's glory. And in simple words also it has a it means this prayer means O Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, O Srimati Radharani, please deliver me from this miserable material existence and allow me to be engaged in your loving devotional service. So this prayer is actually the prayer of becoming engaged in loving devotional service to Krishna. So when we chant the holy name with this proper attitude, with the proper mood, then Krishna becomes pleased. Radharani becomes pleased. And it has been described, Chaitanya Maha, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was discussing with Haridas Thakur, it has been described even before that also when Haridas Thakur was having a discussion about the holy name. It has been indicated that even if one chants the holy name without properly understanding what this holy name actually is, still they derive the benefit. Still they'll derive the benefit. Even by unconsciously chanting the holy name in the clearing stage one achieves liberation just by nama bhash not even the pure chanting just the shadow of the holy name reflection of the holy name even the reflection or the shadow of the holy name of the lord delivers us from the material bondage. We become liberated just by chanting the Holy Name. And what to speak of chanting the Holy Name in a pure state of mind. The pure chanting of the Holy Name gives Krishna Prem. Loving devotion, the loving relation, developing a loving relationship with the Supreme Personality of we develop our love for Him. A loving exchange takes place. Love is a two-way traffic. It's not just one person loves and the other person doesn't respond. Then it's not love. The love is not complete. Love is complete when both the parties respond. So but with the pure chanting of the Holy Name that Loving reciprocation takes place with the Lord. <clears throat> so that is how wonderful the benefit, that's how wonderful the benefit is of chanting the Holy Name. So please chant it with all sincerity, with a pure state of consciousness, becoming free from ten offenses, because these offenses are the in impediments to the 
developing of the loving relationship with Krishna. So, <clears throat> gratitude, we are talking about gratitude. At first our gratitude goes to Srila Prabhupada. It is by his mercy that he has, that he came to the West, started to distribute this Krishna consciousness, and it is due to his mercy today we have it. And we should not think that Srila Prabhupada is an ordinary person. Srila Prabhupada is not just an ordinary devotee, not even an ordinary pure devotee. Prabhupada is a very, very special personality. When Ballavacharya came to meet, meet Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Jagannath Puri, while sincerely glorifying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he actually mentioned that the way you have spread Krishna consciousness, that shows that you are the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu deflected that glorification. He says, no, it's Adhita Acharya who is actually to be glorified. Because it's he who actually spread the Holy Name. And then he said that he made even the Javanas chanting the Holy Name. And so in this way, it pointed out that <coughs> Krishna Shakti Binana Hetar Prabhupada, without the potency of Krishna, the holy name cannot spread. People take to Krishna consciousness by Krishna's mercy. So that, that they are accepting Krishna consciousness is, is a display that Krishna's mercy is flowing through this personality. Now, if we look at it, Javana means non-Hindus in simple words. The people, those who do not follow Vedic culture, they are called Nechas and Javanas. Those who do not follow the Vedic culture. Now consider what Prabhupada has done. In this age, practically, no one is following Vedic culture. Even though we may say that we are Hindus, but actually we are Javanas. Even the Hindus are Javanas, what to speak of others? Because today's Hindus don't follow the Vedic culture. But Srila Prabhupada uh, is converting. Srila Prabhupada came to the West and made the devotees out of uh, these young American boys and girls who had nothing to do with the Vedic culture. In this way, from the statement of Balavacharya, we can see who Srila Prabhupada actually is. And at least huh, we can be, we can recognize that it is by His mercy that we got it. Had Srila Prabhupada not have come, we wouldn't have been here. I think none of us would have been here. None of us would have been a devotee of Krishna. So let's recognize huh, Srila Prabhupada's most amazing contribution to this world 
most amazing mercy upon us that today at least we have the opportunity to chant the holy name of the Lord and make our human form of life successful. Thank you very much. All glory is to Srila Prabhupada. So now we can <coughs> chant the Damodarashtakam. And so you're going to give out the copies. So usually we read, but today we may not read the translation. Is it okay? What's that? Usually we read the translations first. We sing, yeah. okay. You can do that. Yeah. And then when Maharaj sings, we can start offering the healers. So the prayer goes like, To the Supreme Controller, who possesses an eternal form of blissful knowledge, whose glistening earrings swing to and fro, who manifested himself in Gokul, who stole the butter that the gopis kept hanging from the rafters of their storerooms, and who then quickly jumped up and ran in retreat in fear of Mother Jashoda, but was ultimately caught to that Supreme Lord Sridamadar, I offer my humble obeisances. Upon seeing his mother's weeping stick, he cried and rubbed his eyes again and again with his two lotus hands. His eyes were fearful and his breathing quick. And as Mother Jashoda bound his belly with ropes, he shivered in fright and his pearl necklace shook to the Supreme Lord Sri Damodar, who is bound with his devotee's love. I offer my humble obeisances. Those super-excellent pastimes of Lord Krishna's baby, babyhood drowned the inhabitants of Gokul in pools of ecstasy. To the devotees who are attracted only to his majestic aspect of Narayan in Vaikuntha, the Lord herein reveals, I am conquered and overwhelmed by pure loving devotion. To the Supreme Lord Damodar, my obeisances hundreds and hundreds of times. O Lord, although you are able to give all kinds of benedictions, I do not pray to you for liberation, not, nor eternal life in Vaikuntha, nor any other boon. My only prayer is that your childhood pastimes may constantly appear in my mind. O Lord, I do not even want to know your feature of Paramatma. I simply wish that your childhood pastimes may ever be enacted in my heart. O Lord, the cheeks of your bluish lotus face, which is encircled by locks of curling hair, have become reddened like bimba fruits due to Mother Jashoda's kisses. What more can I describe than this? Millions of opulences are of no use to me. But may this vision constantly remain in my mind. 
O ultimate Vishnu, O Master, O Lord, be pleased upon me. I am drowning in an ocean of sorrow and am almost like a dead man. Please shower the rain of mercy on me, uplift me and protect me with your nectarian vision. O Lord Damodar, in your form as a baby, Mother Jashoda bound you to a grinding stone with a rope for tying cows. You then freed the sons of Kuvera, Manigriva and Nalakuvera, who were cursed to stand as trees and you gave them the chance to become your devotees. Please bless me in the same way. I have no desire for liberation into your effulgence. O Lord, the entire universe was created by Lord Brahma, who was born from your abdomen, which was bound with a rope by Mother Jashoda. To this rope I offer my humble obeisances. I offer my obeisances to your most beloved Srimati Radharani and to your ultimate and to your unlimited pastimes. Shri Shri Damodarashtakam Ki.